As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. We are Matt and Shauna DeCola, and we serve at High Point in North Aurora. You know, one of the things we love about High Point is the people. You know, we're a church full of people from different backgrounds, from different locations, from different church contexts, all coming together under the banner of serving Jesus. We've been in this series called Life Verses, where we've been asking you and we've been picking a verse that's, whether it's a life verse or, or that's meaningful for this season. And a verse that's really been meaningful for Shauna and I has been Isaiah 40, verse 31. And it says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, this is one of those verses, really a promise from God that's been proven true in our lives as we've had to wait. Yeah, and truth be told, Matt and I are not naturally good at waiting on things. Oh, but, you know, we've been in situations and, and circumstances where God has, has really forced us to wait on Him, whether that be as we've tried to grow our family, uh, the birth of our, our children, or, or getting into a house, or even stepping into ministry opportunities. And as we've had to wait on Him, we've been strengthened. Our, our marriage has been strengthened, our spiritual life has been strengthened, and we've learned to love and depend on God more than the things that we're waiting for. Isaiah forty thirty one has been meaningful for us. What is your life verse? Well, I've met a lot of people in my life, but I have never met anyone who is excited to wait. Who's excited when you pull up at the DMV and the line is not just out the door, but around the block, and you realize you didn't bring your lawn chair for the day? Anyone excited when you're at the airport and your flight is delayed and you're not going to make your connecting flight? Anyone excited when you're running late for that business meeting and you hit every single stoplight on the way to work? Of course, these illustrations are very inconvenient. But think about when we're waiting on stuff that's a lot more significant, a lot more personal. Like a Ukrainian family waiting to hear an update from a loved one. Or a parent that's waiting for a prodigal. Or for a single person waiting for a spouse. Or for a couple that is struggling to become pregnant, waiting on the pregnancy test. Only to realize they need to wait some more or the person that is dealing with cancer, waiting on the lab results to come back. In our waiting, there's a lot of emotions, right? It's a roller coaster. We have anticipation, then we have anxiety. We have expectation, and then we have exhaustion. We have optimism, then we have skepticism. We have hope, then we have hopelessness. Can anyone identify? This last Monday, I got a text from Pastor AJ at our Monmouth location. He said, can you pray for a Ben and for Candy? Ben and Candy go to his church and uh, Candy had just been airlifted from Monmouth to a hospital in Peoria because she was experiencing kidney failure. 
Her husband was down in Atlanta on business. He had to get a flight from Atlanta to Chicago to Peoria. Can you imagine what was going through his mind as he's scrambling to get to his wife of 31 years? If that was you, what would be racing through your mind as you're waiting on every text to get an update on what's going on with your spouse? He was able to get to the hospital, but her conditions worsened. And by the end of the day, she was with Jesus. And I was at her funeral last night in Monmouth. And now he's waiting on the Lord for comfort, for strength, for peace in the midst of his loss. What is it that you're waiting on the Lord for this morning? Is your strength, is your hope, is your perseverance being tested in the wait? The title of the message today is this, it's waiting time isn't wasting time. We continue our series, Life Verses, today, and we're going to be looking at the life verse of Isaiah 41, 40, verse 31. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up as we look at this verse together. Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says this, it says, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. If you have your Bibles, you can see that there are four promises in this verse. There's four assurances, four things that we can have confidence in when we wait on the Lord. Do you see the four things? If you have a pen, I encourage you to underline, circle the word shall. That is your indication. Notice, for those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. That's a promise from the Lord. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. So in the time that we have together this morning, let's unpack this powerful verse word by word, phrase by phrase. Let's look at one transformational truth that will serve as our outline today. The transformational truth is this. Jot this down, take a picture of it. This is where we're going. When I wait on the Lord with confidence, my strength is renewed, my hope is restored, and my perseverance is revived. So let's break down this transformational truth. First is this, when I wait on the Lord with confidence. Well, where do we get that? Well, we get that right from our verse, verse 31. It says this, it says, but they who wait for the Lord. So who are they? They are the Israelites. The Israelites are refugees. They're living in exile because their city is in ruins. Think about modern day Ukraine. All these refugees leaving the country that they love because their city is in ruins. I'm so thankful for Pastor Alex from High Point who is being the hands of feet in Jesus, of Jesus right now in Ukraine. He left here just a few weeks ago. We commissioned him out and let's continue to pray for his protection and his provision as he seeks 
to uh, provide and protect the refugees uh, coming across the border from Ukraine into Romania. We're so thankful for him. But if you think about what you're seeing on the news and the refugee crisis, that was the Israelites in Isaiah chapter 40. Can you get a picture of that? And in the midst of their despair, they begin to ask some questions. We see this in verse 27. It says this, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? They were thinking that God didn't see them, that God disregarded them. How many of you have been there before? You feel like God doesn't see me. Has God disregarded me? Can God fix this circumstance that I'm in? Does God even care? Perhaps this chart will help you as we think about this together. Sometimes we feel this. We feel that God can't fix my circumstance. But what's the fact? The fact is God is powerful. Well, where do we see this? We don't need to turn anywhere other than Isaiah 40 to see this. Let's look at verse 12. What does verse 12 say? He who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span and closed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. I want everyone to look at the hollow of your hand right now. Just look at it. Think about Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, Lake Huron, Lake Erie, Lake Ontario. Think about the Atlantic Ocean, the Mediterranean Sea, the Black Sea, the Red Sea, the Nile River, the Amazon River, the Pacific Ocean right there in the hollow of your hand. That's our God. And with the span of his hand, you think about the span of your hand from your thumb to your pinky stretching it out. With the span of his hand, he's marked out the heavens. Do you know if you went outside on a clear night, you could see about 2,000 stars in our Milky Way galaxy. But did you know that there's over 400 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy alone? And our Milky Way galaxy is just one galaxy in what astronomers believe are over 2 trillion galaxies. If you were Buzz Lightyear and you were traveling at the speed of light, the quickest, the fastest speed known, if you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 3,000 years in your rocket ship traveling the speed of light to get across what is our known universe. And our known universe is greater than what our known universe is. And our God is so powerful that with the span of his hand, he's marked out the heavens. And in a scale, he's swayed the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, Mount McKinley, Mount Everest. Our God, our God is a powerful God. And so the main issue is not the magnitude of your problem, but it's the magnitude of who God is, amen? And so in our feelings, we think, oh God, you can't fix this. But the reality is that God is powerful. But then we have this feeling that God doesn't really care about my circumstance. But what's the fact? The fact is that God is 
personal. Well, where do we see this? We see this in the text. We see this in verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the Lord, Pastor Ron has taught this before to us, that this is the personal name for God, that God is personal. He cares about you. The Lord is the everlasting God. There's no beginning, no end to God, that he's the creator of the ends of the earth, that he's created everything. And so there is nothing that he cannot do. He does not faint or grow weary. God does not take a nap. God is not taking a nap on you. God is not tired of your circumstance. God is not tired of you. God does not weary. He does not get faint. His understanding is unsearchable. That God is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows everything about your circumstance more than you know about it yourself. He knows everything about you more than you know about yourself. And so the fact is God is what? God is powerful and God is personal. Get this. God is not too great to care. God is too great not to care. Sometimes we think that God is too great to care, but if we think he's too great to care, that means that he's not great enough. That God is not too great to care. God is too great not to care. So back to our chart. We see this, our, our feelings and, and facts. So do you ever feel like this is your world, like you live in your feelings and you're like, my feelings tell me God can't fix my circumstances, God doesn't care. But I know the fact is that God is powerful and God is personal. But then I get exhausted running back and forth that I'm, my feelings tell me this, facts tell me this. I'm torn between the gap between what I think yeah, I'm feeling and what I know to be true. How many of you are in that tug of war, that tension? How many of you feel that? Just me? Do you know that there's a word for that tension? The word for that tension is faith. Faith is what bridges our feelings to facts. It's faith. We feel the magnitude of our problems while at the same time embracing the magnitude of God, and that is faith. I think about the story of the man in Mark who's the father with the sick child, and he's like, I believe help my unbelief. Do you know nowhere in scripture it says walk by feelings? What does it say? It says walk by faith. So anyone here today in the midst of your waiting, do you need to say to God, I believe, help my unbelief. God, help me not walk by feelings, but God, help me to walk by faith. And when it's when we're walking by faith, that's when we're waiting 
on the Lord. And that right there gets to the bullseye of our message today. So back to verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord, what does it mean to wait? Waiting isn't something that's passive, it's active. Waiting isn't just twiddling your thumbs. It's not spiraling in despair. But waiting means to hope or to trust. Some translations even say that instead of wait for the Lord, it says hope in the Lord or trust in the Lord. Hope isn't wishful thinking, but hope is a confident assurance. Trust is believing confidently. And so when we wait, when we hope, when we trust confidently, we say to the Lord, God, I know that you're going to resolve this. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I know that you're going to do it. And so I'm trusting in you. My hope is in you. I'm waiting on you. And notice we wait not for something, but we wait for someone. We don't wait for our circumstance to change. We wait for God in the midst of our circumstance. So let's get back to our transformational truth. What's our transformational truth? It says this, when I wait on the Lord with confidence, what happens? What's a result of this? Well, my strength is renewed. Well, where do we see this in the text? Continuing on in our life verse, they shall renew their strength. Do you think the Israelites' strength needed to be renewed? Remember, they're refugees in exile in a foreign country, and this isn't just days and weeks and months. This isn't even just years, but this is decades. Do you feel like their strength would need to be renewed? What about you? Do you feel like your strength is strong, but the longer it goes on, you become weak, and you need your strength to be renewed? Anyone laid flat on your back doing an exercise routine where you keep your legs together and you just keep your heels off the ground by like four inches? Seems simple, right? Totally simple. Piece of cake for 10 seconds. And then you have all sorts of pain throbbing out throughout your whole body and you're only at 20 seconds. And your goal is to get to 60 seconds and so you hold on as hard as you can. And you finally look at the clock because you're sure that you're at 60 seconds. And it's 22 seconds. (laughs) You need your strength to be renewed. It's funny to laugh at an exercise illustration. But what about when it's real life? When what you're dealing with isn't just days and weeks, but it's months and years. Then when we wait on the Lord, he promises that our strength will be renewed. Well, what is this strength? The strength isn't muscle mass. It's not working out at the gym. What's this strength? 
The strength is an inner strength. It's a supernatural strength. It's an enduring strength. It's a renewable strength. There's a lot of talk these days about renewable energy coming from renewable energy sources. Well, God Almighty is our renewable energy source. And he gives you renewable energy. How many of you need some renewed strength today? Well, how is it that we access this renewed strength? Well, think about this. The same hand that marks out the heavens is the same hand that was nailed to a cross. And that same hand reaches down to each and every one of us today and offers us the great exchange. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, for your sake, he who knew no sin became sin that you might become the righteousness of God. That's what makes Good Friday good. But do you catch the exchange that's happening there? It's sin for righteousness. It's death for life. It's guilt for forgiveness. It's brokenness for healing. It's weakness for strength. That's the great exchange. And so Jesus took your place on the cross. Have you placed your faith in him? If not, you can do so today. And you can access this power source that we're talking about today. And so God promises to renew our strength. Let's get back to our transformational truth. Let's get back to our verse. The next part of our transformational truth is that my hope is restored. Let's see this in the verse. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Does your hope need to be restored today? The reality is that all of us suffer in many ways. We suffer physically, we suffer emotionally, we suffer relationally, we suffer spiritually, we suffer financially, we all suffer in many ways. Our struggles might be different, but our struggle is the same. All that to say is that whatever your suffering and struggle is today, whatever your issue is today, whatever you are waiting on the Lord for today, there is always hope. There is always hope. It might be hard to hope. It might hurt to hope. But there is always hope. And so if you are here today and you need your hope restored, this part of the message is for you. Maybe you're here and it's hard to get out of bed and to go on with your day. Maybe you feel like you're just running on empty all the time and you're just weary. You're weary of your struggle. You're weary in the waiting. You're weary of yourself. Wherever you're at today, emotionally, physically, spiritually, God wants you to soar. We see this in the text, right? That they shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
You know some things about eagles. Have you ever heard the term eagle eye? I learned something this week as I was studying for this. Eagle eye is related to the eagle that the eagles have five times greater vision than human vision, that they can see over three miles. The eagle's wingspan is on average five feet, and it can get up to eight and nine feet. Eagles can soar at 75 miles an hour. Think about that. How do most birds fly? Most birds fly like the hummingbird, right? (laughs) The cute little hummingbird. Let's all like do this together at church. Let's all, come on, we can all flap. I can see a few people doing this. Aren't you like tired after like three seconds doing this? (laughs) That birds flap their wings. Eagles do what? Eagles soar. Do you know why eagles soar? Because their power isn't coming from their flapping. Their power is coming from the wind currents. Isn't this beautiful that God put this illustration in this verse? I don't need to make it up. It's right here in the text that we don't soar by our flapping. We don't soar in our own strength. We soar, we soar when we allow the winds of God's spirit to carry us along, amen? But how many of us, we just want to flap our way through life? Let's think about these flapping fails. Three flapping fails. If you're taking notes, this will be fun. I flap with my own strength. Number two is that I flap up with my smarts. And number three, I flap up, fly up with my success. So you're not going to soar. You're not going to soar because of your strengths, because of your smarts, because of your success. You're going to soar because you submit to the wind currents of our ever-present, always faithful, almighty God. That you're not going to soar because of your flapping, but you're going to soar because you submit to the magnitude of who God is and his plans and his purposes and his promises in your life. How many of you are done with flapping? How many of you are ready to soar? That God wants you to soar. You're going to be weary flapping, but those who wait on the Lord, they're going to mount up like wings like eagles. That that's what God wants for you today, to mount up on wings like eagles. Let's look at our last part of our transformational truth. When I wait on the Lord with confidence, my strength is renewed, my hope is restored. Now this, my perseverance is revived. Well, where do we see this in the text? At the end of the verse, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. You see just the typical illustration, everyday illustration, everyone knows about running and walking, weary and faint, How many of you are weary 
at the thought of running without even running. How many of you would admit that in church? (laughs) Even those who are marathon runners, even they become weary and fatigued. Uh, To walk is the picture of the Christian life. We've already talked about it, that we're to walk by faith, not by sight, that we're to walk in love, that we're to walk in newness of life, just as you've received Christ. So walk in him. Walking in Christ is the New Testament picture of the Christian life. But if we're walking in our own strength, we're gonna feel faint. How many of you have been walking in your own strength? You see where I'm going with this? How do we end our services every single Sunday here at High Point? We end our services with what? Walk in his strength. Because if we do it on our own, we're gonna fall. We're gonna fail. Our flapping isn't gonna get us anywhere. But we need to do it in his strength. And when we wait on the Lord, our perseverance is revived. So let's review where we've been together already today. When I wait on the Lord with confidence, my strength is renewed. My hope is restored. My perseverance is revived. I would guess in a room like this, those of you who are joining us online, welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Wherever you're at, whether you're online or here, my guess is that there's a number of people who are waiting on the Lord for some pretty significant, some pretty personal things. My guess is there's a lot of people here in this room that need God's strength, that need God's hope, that need God's perseverance. Maybe today is a day of surrender. I'm done flapping. I want to soar. I'm done striving in my own strength. I want to wait on the Lord. Even though it's hard, I'm going to choose to trust. I'm going to choose to hope. In a moment, I want to pray over you. But now, why don't we just bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here today and you're waiting on the Lord for a big decision. And you need his discernment. Maybe you're waiting on the Lord for a job to come through. Maybe you're waiting on the Lord for a pregnancy. Maybe you're here, you're waiting on the Lord for a medical condition. Maybe you're here and You're waiting on the Lord to restore a broken relationship. 
Maybe you're here and you don't even know what you're waiting for, but you just feel exhausted and weary. You're ready to wave the white flag because you know you can't do it anymore. If you're here today and you sense that you're waiting on the Lord, would you just stand, every head bowed, every eyes closed, but just acknowledge to the Lord that you need his strength. I'm not gonna ask you to say anything. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. I just wanna pray for the people who are standing. If you're waiting on the Lord, just stand. Maybe you're here and you have a loved one. a friend, a family member who's waiting on the Lord and you want to stand for them, you can do so as well. Let me just pray over all of you. Heavenly Father, we come to you as the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, the God that does not weary, that does not tire, We come to you, God. We come to you in our brokenness. We come to you in our weariness. And you tell us to cast all of our anxiety upon you because you care for us. And so, God, we're tired of living by our feelings. We want to live by what we know to be true and to live by faith in the fact that you are a powerful God and you are a personal God. And so, God, we bring our burdens to you here in this place today. And so, God, I pray for the person that's dealing with a physical illness. God, I ask that you, by your power, that you would bring healing. For the person that needs a financial assistance, God, would you provide for daily bread? God, where there is relationships that are broken, God, would you restore? God, would you give grace? Would you give forgiveness? so that relationships here in this place can be reconciled. God, for the one that is just waiting on a decision from you, it says in your word that all we need to do is ask of you. And you give us wisdom. And so God, in this place, we're asking you for wisdom. And as we're waiting on that wisdom, God, we're waiting on you and we're trusting in you. And so God, would you renew our strength here in this place? God, we think about your word in 2 Corinthians chapter four where it says that we are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. That even though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction, it doesn't feel light. It doesn't feel momentary, but this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory. For we look not to the things that are seen, but we look to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so God, we have our eyes fixed on you, we're waiting on you, we're trusting in you, we're hoping in you. And so God, you are a God of hope. And may the God of hope fill us, fill each person here in this place 
with your joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they may abound in hope. And so God, it's in the midst of our waiting that we worship you. We don't just worship you after our waiting, we worship you in our waiting. We don't just worship you on the mountaintops, we worship you in the valleys. When our heart is heavy, when our heart is heavy, we call out to you and we worship you. And so God, we worship you even now in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.